Hi, I'm Talia. And I'm Fionn. And, and this, this is Untold Times. So today, this is our first episode back after the semester break. And we're going to be talking about the Holocaust today because tomorrow, the 27th of January, is the is Holocaust Memorial Day as it's celebrated in the British Isles. We've got quite a bit to talk about today, but we're not going to be doing what was generally taught in school. Yeah, we're not going to be talking about... Um, and I, well, I assume everybody knows that in during World War Two that you know six million Jews were murdered uh, by the Nazi regime in the Holocaust and in concentration camps. But I I don't think people actually quite understand that the Holocaust wasn't just concentration camps. Yeah, it was much more than that. It was much more than that. And I think in school you're taught that it was just like concentration camps like Auschwitz um, and Krakow and Krakow mm. um, and that that's what the extent of the Holocaust was, but it wasn't. It started kind of much earlier than that. And, and it extended much further than the Nazis' reach. Yeah. It impacted more people than we know. And so there were lots of instances where it was actually, it was where there was the, the influence of anti-Semitism, where people felt that it was okay to be anti-Semitic. So that evolved into towns and, and people just taking it matters into their own hands and... Um, being anti-Semitic in that sense and exterminating Jewish people that they had in their communities and this was of their own volition this wasn't because of the Nazis it wasn't their actions it was more the community's actions yeah and also like during this podcast as well we're going to be talking more about that but also our own experiences Mm. um, to make it a bit more personal because um, I visited Auschwitz a few years back and it was a very eye-opening and and I don't know what, there's no really right adjective to describe it because I don't think I can really explain how I felt going there. Mm. And then Talia, you're going to be speaking about the survivor you met a few days back. Yeah. Um, who gave the lecture at King's. Um, I think that'll be really interesting as well. So do you want me to start off? Yeah, go, f- go for it. Well, we had um, a lecture by this man called John Dobai, who was from Hungary, from Budapest. And he was telling us about his experience in the Holocaust. But it wasn't just for King students. It was all of the Jewish societies in all of the London unis. So we had people from LSE and UCL. So it was interesting to see how many people came together. And there were about over 50 people that came to listen to this man's story. And he was about, he was 89. I think he was, he was saying he was very sweet. He was this cute old man. And we all like introduced ourselves. And my flatmate Benta went and said hello, and he was like, "Oh, Benta, is that Dutch?" And she said, "Yeah." And then he said, he was saying like, "Oh, Danke, like <laughs> Dankabel, whatever." So talking to her in Dutch, and she was like, "Oh, this is so sweet." Um, and he was just telling us about his experience, and I think the the saddest part of his story was that he was very lucky. Yeah. And that's the difficult thing. So he had his father, who during World War One became, uh, sorry, I've actually just gone blank on the word, a prisoner of war. And so he didn't see his father for two years. He was a prisoner of war in Serbia. And then his father was also called away to go work because his father was very fit and and strong. And he was called away during World War II, he was taken. And he was working on camps as as labor camps on the front line though. So he was helping the Germans with everything on the front lines. And he was malnourished like worked to the bone yeah. but his father survived so he had both of his parents survive thank god um and then he his mother and him 
were taken to a home for young women and children for mothers and, and children and so he was sent there with his mom and it was like on the front door there was a big star of david so it was like this is where jewish people yeah. were living so yeah. they were very much isolated and they did that a lot in sort of nazi germany and a lot of the nazi occupied countries in europe they really did highlight and symbolize who were the jewish people mm. um you know with the star of david they had the yeah the yerda yeah and the, the yellow star the yellow star yeah um so it could have been really a nice yeah. environment and there was one thing that's for me is that I always notice is like what people say and the language that's used. Yeah. And he said that he had, he went to, he, he was at school and he, he had 40% of his class was Jewish and he went to the supermarket and he saw a boy from his school and he was like, oh, like, I really hope that we can all go back to school because I want to go back to school. And, and his friend was like, oh, well, I think I'm going back to school, but you're not because my dad told me that you're a dirty Jew. Yeah, I said this to this little boy. I said this to this other little boy, and I'm like, how do you say that to somebody? And he was even told when his mom and him were sent away to another place. This man said to him, "I hope you die." Oh my gosh! Wow, what said that to like a little boy? Like how? Like, how? Yeah, that, that just shows the the depth of how the Nazis ingrained this hatred mm. into society and how that kind of leaked through to all levels of it as well especially like children who like sort of absorb everything their parents yeah like i'm sure like when like when i was younger especially and like i'm sure you had the same like anything your parents said you kind of believed it as yeah a child what they liked what they didn't like you liked you didn't like exactly like you know if your mum didn't like chocolate oh yeah maybe you didn't like chocolate <laughs> type thing you know but like and the yeah. same you can see the same thing and that's like an awful thing to say to a boy like it's that's horrific yeah. like so he had a, a tough experience but he survived his aunt and his cousin were sent to Auschwitz, so they passed away. His grandfathers from both sides were, because if you go in Budapest on the river, they have um, these shoes yeah. that are these bronze shoes that are along the river because they had people that were pushed in and they drowned. And his, both of his grandfathers were pushed in and drowned oh in the river. So he had that. He, had, he lost a lot of family and a lot of friends. He had a young boy in his class who was out in public and and these soldiers came and said pull down your pants because they wanted to see whether he was um circumcised or not and they saw that he was circumcised and they shot him dead on the spot oh my gosh i mean it's it's sort of horrendous it's kind of unfathomable to us now to sort of think that you know it wasn't even a hundred years ago it was that you know that horror and that sort of you know that level of you know, hatred mm. and sort of that prejudice was around in yeah. Europe, like countries now where they are like, you know, thriving economically, like politically, you'd think they mm. are kind of like stable countries and like first world countries. And for that, not even a hundred years ago, it was, you just don't, you can't, you can't yeah. imagine that you can't. It doesn't know, feel real sometimes, it doesn't but, feel but it real. is. Um, and I asked him at the end, I, I think I kind of felt bad about asking this in the end, but I think it was a good question. And I said, do you feel guilty that you survived and you had family and friends that didn't? Yeah. And he just fell silent. And then he started nodding his head and, and he was like, yes, you know, I felt horrible that I survived and they didn't. And he felt a lot of survivor's guilt. And I think that's probably why he goes and he does these talks to, to teach people. Because at the end he said, 
you've witnessed my story yeah. and so you are now a witness you have to stand with us you cannot stand you can't alongside it. You yeah. Can't, yeah you have to stand up for any injustice it doesn't matter the race or the um, background or religion of the person you you have to stand by the people you can't let anything like this happen again and that was it was heartfelt and i think everybody in the room really resounded it resounded with everybody and everybody felt that and understood that it was very important to not let something like this happen and for my side of the family because my mother is jewish she's sephardic which means mm -hmm. it's coming from spanish or middle eastern mm -hmm. descent so she never had any family involved in the holocaust but my dad's dad who's greek yeah he was in athens working on the train tracks and my dad told me this recently and i, didn't, I had no clue but his dad was, would work on the train tracks and there would be the Jews from Greece on the trains leaving to the concentration camps oh and they would stop at the station and they would be so thirsty and hungry and he would give them water and he had soldiers yelling at him but he couldn't give them water and so I didn't even know that and I was like wow like it really just reaches everybody yeah, just, you know um so that was that was a really beautiful but saddening talk and yeah it kind of you know I've got goosebumps now just for me you know talking about it you know and it's it's kind of like you it, it does seem surreal because looking at it it happened in a lot of people's lifetimes mm. like there are still people alive now who remember it or know that it occurred yeah and it, again it's unfathomable that it did happen yeah um, and the scale of it as well and mm. the amount they've managed well they tried to hide managed to hide it was and the fact that it started really so the holocaust wasn't just concentration camps you know you had the the sort of when Hitler came to power in 1933, you had this instant persecution of the Jewish population, mm. where you had book burnings. You know, people like Einstein had to like flee. Mm -hmm. um, you know, flee. I think it was Austria. He yeah yeah um, flee Austria because of the book burnings, and um, you know they weren't allowed into education mm. and shops, shops burned down. burnt down, and and it created this hatred. And it it surprises me. I don't and I. It surprises me, you know, like the 1936 Olympic Games, mm. how they managed to hide all of this from the world. Yeah. And it's it's so surprising to me how, like, Neville Chamberlain, the British Prime Minister, went out to Germany. He's like, oh, there's nothing wrong. Everything's fine when you had Jewish people living in, you know, the ghettos. ghettos. And then the ghettos would get smaller and smaller and more people would live there. Like, they'd strip their rights down mm. in the ghettos. And it, it's just horrendous, like, yeah. um, you know, because, like, I'm going to talk now a bit more about when I went to Auschwitz a couple of years back, it was sort of a school program thing in West Wales where all the sort of schools in Wales, they did this thing where um, they'd make this trip to, and we went around about this time um, to sort of visit Auschwitz, and it was only, like, history students, politics students that mm. went, and, um, you know, we went for a day, and... Um, you know, you've, they've given you all these manuals. They've, we had to go to like um, uh, an all day sort of lecture thing about a week before, two weeks before, and they kind of tried to prepare you for it. Mm. So they gave you all the booklets and stuff, but nothing can really prepare yeah. you for that. Like it's heavy. It's heavy. It is heavy. And it's, it's emotionally sort of, it drains you. Like at yeah. the end, like on the bus on the way back to the airport that evening, I was so tired. Like um, it takes a lot out of it. It takes a lot because it makes you realize that such horrific acts happened there and yeah. you know you walk in through 
we actually actually before we went to the concentration camp we visited a village just outside Auschwitz and I remember our guide said that before sort of in the 1930s 1920s 80% of that village was Jewish wow. and um, you know they were sort of one of the f- some of the first people to go into the concentration mm. camps because they lived so close it was only something like 10 miles or something from Auschwitz like um, and now there's like no genealogy no like everyone who lives in that village now there's nothing yeah there's no relation there's no relation you know and they they burnt the houses down I think there was a Jewish library there they burnt that down um you know it was horrific and I remember you know we got off the bus and the guide was really trying to prepare us because we were young we were 16 17 year olds like you know we were and even like the teachers who came with us you know weren't quite ready and I remember like you know you walk through the gates you see the you know see the word and you're thinking oh my gosh and you see that one single track one way in one way out there wasn't like it was yeah. it was you know I'm, I'm it's emotional talking about it because you know you remember that feeling that you had like I'm getting goosebumps right now um I think what stood out for me was um they have converted some of the um buildings into exhibitions yeah so there's one exhibition where they so at the start of sort of 1940s early 1940s when they began to transport the Jewish people to Auschwitz um they used to take pictures and um obviously shave their heads but then mm. like you see there's a large from some 1940 to like 1942 there's a sort of a large doesn't of pictures but then it gets less and less and less because there were so many people coming in mm. they didn't have time yeah. to just take pictures and you can see the hair as well they used to sort of they didn't used to like we sharpen the blades and stuff to shave their hair they used blunt blades so you can see some with cuts on them and and you know and they were just unsuspecting and then you see that and you go through and then you see all their um possessions and mm-hmm. that's where it gets a bit more real when you see that these people had bags and coats and, and, sh- glasses. and, like it's, and the glasses it's the shoes as well and the hair oh my god the hair it was you know you just see these clumps of hair and oh my god I'm getting emotional talking about it right now um and I remember sort of I mean I cried pretty much throughout the whole thing but I remember seeing like you know little shoes of kids and you're thinking how the hell did that like was this allowed to happen um yeah and it was just really really hard to just walk around and it's just like the coldness to it Mm. like yes okay it was poland in early february late january yes it was going to be very cold anyway but the fact that you're walking in there and the temperature does seem to drop slightly yeah all of the warmth is and you feel like something horrible happened here like you can there are no birds there are no leaves on the trees yes it was winter but again, I don't think anything... It's like lifeless. It's lifeless and it's just, it's horrendous. And um, I remember as well, they, there's a bit, there's a, they've got a, a large book. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what it's called. And in that book, there are the names of every single accounted for Jewish person that died in that camp, that was murdered in that camp. And you look and it's, 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 very thick like I know you can't see what I'm doing with my hands <laughs> right now but it's it's quite thick like a few phone books a few phone books not just that but also the writing was very small mm. it's you know you needed a magnifying glass to see some of the names and you're thinking there are pages and pages and pages of this and it just brings it all to real life really yeah and I think the most harrowing experience of that was when the guides asked us if we wanted to go into a gas chamber and some people said no you know i said yes 
I'll, I'll go in, I'll see. And I remember he said, I won't keep you in here for long, like maximum of two minutes. He said, we normally bring people in here because, you know, people faint, people physically go sick. And a couple of the people on my trip, after they were in that, you're in that gas chamber, you see the nail marks, you see, and you just feel this and you just, and he was explaining what, what would happen. And I remember I went all sweaty and a cold and you just feel, and I remember watching my teacher and she went pale white, like I went pale. And I remember seeing two girls were like, you know, we were all crying. We were all like yeah. shivering and crying. And these two girls were like, I, we need to get out. Like we need to get mm-hmm. out. They were literally having like, like claustrophobic. claustrophobic. And I remember we went outside and they've got these bins outside so people can throw up and I remember this one girl threw up this other girl was like I'm gonna faint I'm gonna faint and I think I don't remember if she fainted or not but I think like they sat her down and was like yeah giving her water and stuff makes your blood pressure drop yeah but it's sad that that it it doesn't only have an emotional effect on you visiting Auschwitz it has a physical effect Mm. on you and the, the, the difference was with this trip as well because it was sort of an educational one with schools and stuff and it was planned with um I think it's called the Holocaust Memorial Wales or something. Okay. They made us, so we were walking around the camp and um, they had like, we all had booklets with stories of some survivors and some, mm. some like what they recall. And I remember we were in um, one of the buildings, it's literally a horse's stable, where they were taken, where they slept, where they, you know, lived, or I don't know if you could call it lived, but it's where they were held and I remember um, my teachers yeah, saying okay Fionn you read this story out I just couldn't get through it it was like it was about sort of this young boy who rec- he survived the holocaust and it was about him living in this little it was literally a horse's stable like you could see the rings where they would put mm. the horses harnesses and stuff and it was just horrendous to read and to try and keep your composure and reading that was just horrendous but yeah, I think I would urge everyone, if they can, to visit it. It's not a pleasant experience. It's not a, you know, you don't come back of that feeling happy or, you know, you're feeling sad, you're feeling sort of, I felt a bit angry actually after, mm. Can, you know, because you're thinking, how did this happen in the 20th century? Like, you know, um, you have mixed emotions coming out. And I would urge everyone to go because it is important that you do remember it um and that this, their stories get told and that um you know you remember the hor- horrendous and horrific things that happened there because you need to keep that memory mm. because i think it was in um, they've got like a little visitors thing where you go through after you leave and there was a quote saying you know if you don't remember history it'll repeat itself yeah and i think i mean hopefully i mean you'd think that nothing like this will ever happen again yeah and you're hopefully but that's why it's so important to remember yeah and to um to visit it like i would urge everyone to go um but what was nice as well um we were there for a ceremony like a lighting of the candle ceremony Mm -hmm. and um a little uh, there was a little choir there like singing oh that's cute and um, we all got to light a candle they have this like a memorial monument that they uh, that we could light a candle by and yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a bunch of 16-year-olds, 17-year-olds all quiet before, like, on a mm. school bus. And, like, I remember, like, just being on the plane back, like, you were just kind of, like, I still had shivers on the plane. And, like, um, you know, coming back sort of the next day, 
I remember I'd school the next day and I was like, Mom, I'm not going into school today. She was like, Oh yeah, like you've come you've literally you've flew in at like four AM today, like it's fine, you don't need to go. Um, but it was because I was still so emotionally drained. Mm. Um and I remember sort of my gran came over the next day and like that you're allowed to take pictures there. They urge you to take pictures there, but yeah. be respectful. Mm. Like they don't want you. Like some people I remember there, and it made you angry because you're like, people were murdered here. People suffered here. I remember these students were there just like posing like for Instagram, and you're like, this yeah, isn't yeah, smiling it's, and it's stuff. Not you a can't place do that, yeah. where you do it. And I remember showing the pictures to my gran and my family, and like they were all. I was telling the stories, and they were just all weeping like. Um, and I think my parents and my brothers and my granddad are going out now oh in Easter. Wow. Yeah, they're going out, I think, in Easter to visit it. So um, that would be really, like, I've, I mean, I've, I've urged them for years to go. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so hopefully they'll have, like, and I don't know if you can call it an, I guess you could call it an education experience, an eye-opening experience. Mm. Um, but, yeah. Because, you know, you're coming back. To, I remember in school the next week, I had all these teachers being like, how was it? Did you enjoy? And you're like, no, mm. I didn't really enjoy it. Like, it was... Yeah, like, it, how are you supposed to enjoy that kind of thing? And, like, I didn't know how to answer that question. And, and I think the answer I gave in the end was, it was emotionally draining. And I remember they wanted myself and the other student that went and the teacher to make an assembly. And I said, I don't want to cry on stage. I don't want to make an assembly about this. Yeah. Like... Like I'll talk to a class about it or like a small, but I don't want to go in front of the entire school and and talk mm. about it. And they were like, okay, fine. I was like, yeah. It's just you know, I've never been. Yeah. I've been really wanting to go. It's just difficult when it's like from South Africa, it's so far away. Yeah, yeah. So I think that now that I'm in the UK, I'm gonna go with my family. Yeah. I think some of my cousins will want to come. Yeah. So I can finally go, and that's something that I've been wanting to do. It's definitely like I would, I yeah. It's yeah. Definitely something that, yeah, you should just yeah. You should Visit go. like Poland and Germany, and then just experience that. Because yeah. on the on the talk of the people being um, disrespectful, I saw in so I think it's in Berlin where they've got the memorial, and it's these huge like blocks of cement. Yeah. All of the different heights, like symbolizing the amount of people. People sit on them and stuff. Yeah, like people sitting on them, doing handstands yeah. against them, smiling. And you're just but the like, audacity of that. You're just like, it's not a place where you... Yeah, this you know, is not the time or the place. You can say that about any memorial. Yeah, really. exactly. Like there, you have memorials around the world that are architecturally nice to look at or they're architecturally, you know, very well designed and very mm. well made. But I just don't it's like... It's not the place. It's, it's not, not an Instagram location. It's not an Instagram location. It's not a place or... To film a funny TikTok or something. It's not the no. time nor the place. Like You have to respect all memorial sites. You, yeah regardless of your own beliefs mm. you have to respect all yeah. memorial sites but one one thing that i did want to point out that's important is that is this the holocaust wasn't limited to jewish people no. and i understand that majority yes majority of them were jewish there were other people that, that suffered as well yeah. and this is something and i think this is left out of the school curriculum like because mm. you think holocaust Jewish people it's it's kind of that automatic yeah, yeah and I understand it's, why yeah it's because they were the majority but it's it's important to remember that mentally disabled people and physically disabled people were were oppressed and murdered as well as people of color, people of color and um and, and people, people of different sexualities. sexualities as well yeah so those people also suffered and it's important to not forget them and no. forget what, what what why they died because what I think I was interesting about the um it was interesting about the guide that we had in Auschwitz was 
um, he made sure that we saw like where the people of colour like were held, where mm. the people of different sexualities and he was like, you know how the gay men used to wear the pink star? Mm. He showed us like an example of the pink star wow. and he was saying like, um, you know how they were wearing like striped, like blue, navy and mm. white stripes? People of colour was wearing different coloured ones. Wow, yes, I didn't know that. It was like different, I think by the end everyone was just wearing anything. Yeah. And it's, you know... It was all divided even then. Even then. And, sure. like, even in the um, death marches and stuff that they did by the end of the war, because they'd actually ran out of gas, they wanted to try... Because they knew that they were losing by the end. Like, 1945, they knew that they were losing. The Nazis knew then. They knew that the Allied forces were on their tail. So to try and sort of cover this sort of the concentration camps, especially in Auschwitz... They were burning buildings. Um, they were trying to murder as many people as they can. So they took them on death marches. They were just sh- going into the hut, mass shooting them. Mm. I mean, it was horrendous. Um, and like, even like when it was a bit more organised at the start, they were segregating them, even though they were all there to yeah. die. And it's I see that I don't get. I'm like, how? Why would you segregate people that you are going to kill in the end? It doesn't yeah, really matter. Like, it's it just shows how horrible and cruel the leaders of that Nazi party were like um, Rudolf Hoss is it Hoss um, yeah Rudolf Hoss the sort of he was the sort of in charge of Auschwitz and he lived he lived on on site when you go to Auschwitz you see his house wow and there's a big like there's a wall separating the camp and his house mm, you um, want don't want something you want something nice to look at in the morning and there was a there was a swing set there for his children his children lived there wow and i think there's a diary entry from his wife is like um that says something like i don't know um what this smell is in the morning so they never knew about it they i think i the children obviously didn't know anything yeah. about it um and the wife it's kind of like I think the guide was saying and the other his, like reading other sort of historians' work, they were saying she might have not known the extent of it. She just knew that they were Jewish people being in prison there. Like she didn't uh, know that mm. maybe and I think she was told that like, you know, maybe they were killed because they broke a rule or like they were criminals yeah. or something. I don't know. Yo. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but it's um Yo, that's heavy. It's heavy. It's a heavy subject and topic to talk mm. about. Like we w- in the John Dobai, the the gentleman, the survivor, he gave us some recommendations of books and films, and three authors that he recommended were Primo Levi. I'll say that again: Primo Levi, Levi, and then another one is Elie Wiesel, and the last one is Imre Kurtzes, and the book that he's recommended there is Faithless. And other films is the film of the book Faithless, another American film called The Reader, and another one called Sunshine. I would also recommend watching the film The Pianist. That one, yeah, that got um, me. It's got um, it's Adrian Brody is the mm. main actor in that one. He won the he won an Oscar for it. Yeah, I think. and yeah. he was the youngest person. He was twenty six when he won it or something. And it's such just such a it's a breathtaking film because yeah. it's just so heavy, but it's um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, Another one is um, Life is Beautiful. Yes, that was a, that's the Italian film. Yeah, and he also won an Oscar for that. And he yeah. was a wonderful man. That's a beautiful, yeah. beautiful film to watch. I would recommend that highly. Yeah, 
it's definitely, a th I think all these films are definitely not ones to watch if you're just uh, bored on a Friday night or something. Yeah. I think you have to be in a certain mindset to watch mm. these films. But the, the, p the Pianist and Life is Beautiful are two like, main ones that everybody watches, same yeah. with Schindler's List, those are classics. Yeah. But these ones that we've just recommended are lesser known lesser ones. Lesser known ones, but still portrays them. Yeah. You know. and, and John even said that he doesn't recommend watching The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. So I Did he mention why? No, he just wrote this down. So I actually should have asked him that, but it, we only got this at the end. So I think that these are the ones that portray it all realistically. And these are, well, I mean, Adrian Brody is phenomenal in The Pianist. It was, it was like a beautiful film, yeah. but just like so disturbingly beautiful in that sense. Yeah, like you're always on the edge of your, it's like edge of your seat watching yeah. it. And in tears, I, was in tears, I cried when I, I watched yeah. it. I, I think I watched it recently, and I just I think I watched it just took I my breath I away. It I think I watched it before I went on the trip because I was trying to sort of like immerse myself in mm. just sort of the knowledge of it. Just because I remember they the people who organised the trip were being like, "Yeah, watch these films. We're going to try and prepare you so you could just mentally prepare yourself." Yeah, if that makes sense. But nothing can mentally yeah. prepare you for it, you know. And but I think it's important for people to just be reminded of it. And yeah. I think that that's why we have Memorial Days for all of these, for all events, is that you shouldn't forget things. No. And if you've got a museum in your area that has an exhibition for the Holocaust, go. Like, it's, it, um, it, it's sad, but you should go. Yeah, it's sad because, you know, it's you should remember it. You should not forget it. I think the Imperial War Museum, I mm. don't know if it's still on there, yeah. um, but they had a, an amazing exhibition last year there. I cried when I was walking through. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, they had uh, they had a really good exhibition on the uh, on the Holocaust there, and I think some pieces of it you had to be over sixteen to go. Because I remember this family, they were asked, you know, how old their children were, and they said, sorry, you're not old enough. You can't, mm. you know, you can't go in. Yeah, a lot of um, Holocaust museums, because yeah. there are some that you know you can't. You have to be like over thirteen or something to go. Yeah, because it's you know it's mm. it's horrific, really. What but at school, we were, I don't know, I think it was like grade 9 or grade 10, I don't know, what's 15, yeah. 16, we had like a project that we had to do, and I took a piece of wood, like a board, and I made mine like symbolizing the Holocaust and everything that people sacrificed, so like I put yeah. a young woman, and I made like striped pajamas, so yeah. a striped out uh, outfit that they had to wear, and I put her next to a pole and I put all of the signs pointing towards different camps yeah so I wrote the names on all of the on all of yeah. the little boards and then on around the board I took I cut some of my own hair wow. I stuck my own hair to the board I took a pair of glasses and I smashed them and yeah. I put that there I put a pair of shoes like doll shoes on wow. there and I also like I mean they had fillings all of the because the fillings yeah, at the time were gold yeah they took, they, they out, took yeah. out all of those fillings it was it, I mean like the extent that they went to to was just to really dehumanize them. Yeah, I mean, John Dobai, he showed us a picture of a lot of Jewish people being sent to go somewhere, but they had their their bags on like a different a car. Different car, yeah. And he said they never saw those bags again. Nobody knows yeah. where those bags went. And what was um, what's equally as horrendous is those bags would be sent to the camps as well, but you'd have Jewish people working, so they were part of the camp, but they had like some people had jo jobs, jobs. Mm. and they were had to sort through and put them in different categories yeah. knowing that those people were probably killed and it's yeah and what's interesting i think is people forget that there were more camps than just auschwitz 
mm. on Birkenau and Krakow, it was all over Europe, yeah. Main, mainly Eastern Europe. But did you know that there was a, a concentration camp on uh, the Channel Islands, British Channel Islands? What? Mm. Yeah, I found out about this recently. So on the, um, I think it was um, one of the Alderney Islands, I think. I can't pronounce it right. Um, I think it was, um, yeah, it was on the Channel Islands. It was very small. I don't think, I think prisoners of wars, prisoner of wars were sent there. Um, like, no, like, Jewish people, nothing was sent there. But it was, um, it was on the British Channel Islands. To think that that was um, sort of quite close to the British, yeah. you know, Britain as a nation and an island, um, it does make you think, like, yeah. how... Well, I mean, Every, everybody thinks that it's just in Eastern Europe. I mean, it, like the the World War Two, like it extended into Greece even, mm-hmm. and there was um, on Crete. There's in the one town Khania, they have a, a, a section like a road, and it's called the Jewish Quarter, and that was the name of the road because all the Jewish people lived in that area, and all of them were taken away. Yeah, I mean, and it's like t- we we don't even realize the extent to which it just extent, it, yeah. yeah. I mean, it integrated into so many levels of society, into so many people's lives. Like it was mm. the depths and the they went to to persecute yeah. and to murder millions of people and Jewish people mm. were just horrific. And it kinda makes you think like how does someone's mind work like that? Yeah. Like how did sort of Hitler and his other officers think like that? Yeah. It's just I mean the an- another film is also Woman in Gold, and that's got Helen Mirren in that. And I think Ryan Reynolds. Oh, but yeah. But that's yeah. a that was a beautiful film about a, this is post World War Two, of this woman whose painting, whose who's all of her items were taken from her also from her house in Austria, and she like fight to get all of her stuff back because mm-hmm. like the one painting is The Kiss by Gustav Klimt, mm-hmm. and that was taken from her house, and then miraculously it was in a museum. Oh wow. So she was like, "This belonged to my to my aunt. This belonged to my family. Like that's yeah. ours. You, to- you stole it from our home. Like why is it in a museum? This is mine." Yeah. And it's about her story of fighting to get this back yeah. post World War Two. And this happened to so many people. Things were taken from their yeah. home, and now it's like displayed and stuff. And you're like, "This is actually mine. Like actually this was property, stolen." Yeah. 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 So there's a lot available, and as students, we should read and 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 explore as much as we can with the facilities that we have like with the libraries that we've got access to yeah and just to learn because at the end of of um of his speech john said to us he said you are now all witnesses because you we've witnessed his story we listened yeah. to his story and he that made us all witnesses that held us all accountable so and it's sort of our duty now to yeah keep that going going yeah. the, we're the last generation to to hear these stories yeah because there aren't many survivors left mm. um and he said that when there are injustices you you have to stand with us you have to stand aside the people that are that have been victims yeah yeah and you can't you, we cannot let this happen again like he was so like adamant about you can't let this happen again it doesn't yeah. matter about the person so I think, yeah, I think that's a, a bit of a heavy one today, I think. Yeah. But an important one as well. Um, so we'll be back with another episode soon. And uh, yeah. And hopefully a more positive hopefully one. Hopefully more positive. But history's not 
history is not all it's not meant to be something that we enjoy and that's why it's that's why it's history because it's it's history there are always dark aspects to history yeah light and dark light and dark as there is in all aspects of life yeah so well thanks thanks for listening thanks for listening and we will see you soon yeah bye